0: everyone, welcome to the Ukulele Review Podcast.
1: Yoo-hoo.
0: We got a full crew in here for you tonight. In addition to myself, Andrew, and Zach, we have two others joining us. The other 66.6% repeating of the setup team, we have Chris Murray and Elijah Oguma.
1: Aloha.
2: Hi.
0: And they are here because our subject matter today is mostly going to be focused on setups, and since they are the other bulk the power behind the setup team. We've brought them in to uh, get some other few points other than myself and answer some questions and get their insight into basically what goes on and um, what is involved in the day-to-day of what we have to cope with and uh, also get to do. <laughs> cope with. When we're doing setups. Um, some interesting things, some important things, and then probably some funny things that you may not think about. So. We'll get right wanna into that. Or want to think about. Or want to think about. You don't want to know. Oh, but you do. It's bad. So um, I just, I thought that we'd started off, we would give a brief introduction. So since these guys haven't been on before, Chris, Chris, actually, we've known each other for a long time. We both worked mm-hmm. together for Music Guy Mike. So he's got some experience with that too, but you want to tell everyone a little bit about your background and what, how you got into this?
1: Um, uh, our good friend Peter worked for Music Eye Mic first, right? Yeah. And then I think I was between <laughs> jobs okay. and then uh, he told me that they needed someone to help packing. So I started packing for Music Eye Mic and then after that I moved into setup and then we <clears throat> I've been doing that ever since f- four Seven years? Seven years. Wait, with a brief break of like a year for electrical. All
0: right. So you've been doing it
1: (laughs) pretty much as long as I have.
0: Yeah, because I took a break in between two. um, And then there was also a little break when we both weren't working for Mike, and then you came and joined our team later. And at this point, Chris has probably set up just as many instruments as I have, um, considering so he has quite a bit of expertise and a lot of inside knowledge with all the little things and tricks that we have when we work on instruments. And then we also have Elijah Guma. Hello. Eli is the other half of the indie rock monster
2: duo of Sing the Body with Zach.
0: Um, Double
2: headed snake monster. <laughs> spooky couch. Spooky couch. So um, yeah, it's all about spooky couch now.
0: Do you want to sell them by yourself and how you got started working here and then getting into setups?
2: Yeah, uh, I started working for Hawaii Music Supply. Jeez, I don't know how long it's been—four or five years or something like that. When we were still a, a music store, like selling drums and guitars, I came in as the drum guy, basically. Um, drums are like my main thing, I guess. Um, and then I worked in the shop in Haleiwa for a while, and then I kind of bounced between setups and working in the shop. But now I set up ukes pretty much twenty-four-seven. So. That's how that happened. (laughs) Twenty-four-seven. That's what it feels like sometimes. Sometimes. But
0: um, like like (laughs) eight-five. Yeah. So (laughs) eight to five. Sometimes more. Christmas season definitely seems like it's twenty-four-seven. Yeah. But um, yeah. So both these guys have a ton of experience. Eli's a really talented musician, multi-instrumental musician, and Mm -hmm. he has a unique perspective on instruments, even more so than I am. Even though I play some, and Chris. Um, who doesn't quite play as much, but um, I think that offers a few different perspectives and insight, and the way we kind of look at the instruments that we're working on a little bit differently, but still with a generally the same outcome. So, first question I wanted to bring up, and I thought this would kind of be a gateway into getting into the, more of the nuances and different scenarios we find ourselves in when we're setting up. What do you find is the most challenging aspect of setting up instruments it could be in regards to a specific you know one specific step of the process that you have uh, tend to find more difficult or when it comes to um, you know finding getting the right analysis of what you need to do or the troubleshooting aspect you know anything anything involved in either working the instrument
2: or with the customer probably electronics is where the bulk of the probably the hardest part is is anytime you have to install a pickup or if we're dealing with a pickup that's already installed and there's issues with it like buzzing rattling some kind of weird like buzz or hum to the pickup (coughs) and trying to troubleshoot that kind of stuff usually takes the most time I would say and can be the hardest like to pin down where exactly it's coming from so I would say electronics is probably the most I don't want to say frustrating, but it can be the most time-consuming and problem-ridden thing we do. I yeah. think,
1: like when you know how long it should take you to do a uke, and then you run into that problem. Exactly, and then it takes you two, maybe three times as long.
3: Yeah, it's just like you trying get to diagnose all, it all the way done, and then there's some sort of slight unevenness.
2: Yeah,
1: string
4: stream of strings.
2: <laughs> Dang especially when it's like one that's already installed and you're trying to figure out where some kind of rattle is coming from or something like that start pulling out the preamp and like trying to gloop things down to make sure it's not buzzing and rattling and all that kind of stuff is just, just
1: any kind of buzzing or rattling like even that banjo I did last week that had the uh, had some weird it sounded like an electronic rattle but it wasn't it was like the the slot where it on the bridge
0: oh yeah it was the um it was the slot that's cut out on the saddle piece that sits on top of the head Well that tail wasn't at the, exactly the correct angle no, for the, the strings the, being used the bridge. so it created like a weird overtone twang that sounds a lot like metal rattling especially
1: when you have it on top of the banjo head and yeah it, and i tightened everything i could possibly think of and that and it was just frustrating because i couldn't find it yeah and
0: a lot of the things you'll hear it, and then it can sound like it's coming from three different points. So even just trying to figure out where you're hearing the sound from, let alone with all the other sounds going on in the room,
2: it can be deceptive. Like it can be deceptive. Where sometimes it'll be the tuner head, sometimes it'll be down at the bridge. Like sometimes it's hard to tell where it's coming from. Exactly. Yeah, so we had to turn
1: off all the music, get it super quiet in here,
0: and then really listen. <laughs> It's almost like they uh, they have a mind of their own, and they know you're onto them, so then they switch what the problem is right when you get to it.
2: They're sentient, yeah. yeah. Skynet. Sentient ukuleles.
3: We should go further with that.
0: Okay. Yeah.
2: Like a different... Because I, I have other things that are... Okay. Yeah. String buzz. Strings, in general, can cause a lot of problems. Yeah. Uh, when you have to replace a string three times, because it's just the inconsistency of the string making that warble thing go down, it's like that can be pretty challenging in its own way, too, because... It's such a simple thing, but it like causes a lot of problems sometimes, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, Joel,
3: I mean, talk for a sec about like, strings in general and what you go through.
0: Uh, with the strings, a lot of times when they come from the factory, they maybe notice, mo- notice more and more the more I looked at them and trying to figure out which ones were the most troublesome. Because before, like years ago doing this, I didn't quite understand as much about how different parts interact, or how the you know different materials and strings and the frequency that things operate at, and how important like balance within the strings and everything is. Um, a lot of times, strings will become unbalanced whether it's due to the manufacturing of it. Like for instance, a lot of um, some strings made out of like fluorocarbon, it's you're not necessarily going to get it uh, the exact same diameter consistency all the way up and down through the string so once in a while you have one like that and the string isn't going to oscillate or vibrate um, correctly and that can cause a lot of fret buzzing issues and it's easy if you don't notice that to get distracted in trying to address fret issues or maybe the twang that hearing is causing a sound coming from somewhere else so that can be misleading and throw you off and create a lot of extra work that you're trying to fix when all it is is a string that's just unbalanced. And
2: a lot of things can cause the string to become unbalanced, too, like the angle of the nut slot can cause it to become unbalanced. Tightening the string too quickly can cause unbalance, like playing it too hard when you first put a string on can cause unbalance. It's like a ton of things you have to kind of consider when you're putting new strings on that we have to deal with, like sometimes we'll string up something with a nylon string and leave it at half tension for an hour so it properly stretches so it doesn't cause more problems when we actually bring it up to full tension you know so yeah i see you guys doing that
3: i mean um pretty certain fluorocarbon strings are not rectified so rectified is like sending it through a machine to ensure that the diameter is going to be perfect all the way the full throughout of the string exactly some some are better than others in general i mean like Seagar invented fluorocarbon and they um they have like a premium line that's actually more consistent than like their regular line, uh, fluorocarbon line. Yeah. Um, so there, there is a variation. It's not like all fluorocarbon is equal in that regard, but for the most part, you're gonna see variances. You know, I mean, they're made for fishing. It's like fishermen don't care.
2: About right, <laughs> they're not gonna sit there checking the gauge. You know, yeah, they're
3: not <laughs> like, oh, somebody might put this on an ukulele. We better make sure its diameter is perfect. You know but um some of the nylon is rectified so ideally it won't be as problematic but then there's other things with uh, nylon like automatically right right when you start to play even a new string there is a slight kink that happens at each fret that you play I mean not something you're gonna visually pick up on but this is what happens Um, it's slightly softer than fluorocarbon so fluorocarbon has its iffiness but it's it's very dense nylon nylon is like actually um, it can be affected even by the heat in your hands or the humidity a lot more and those sort of things which can you know affect the way it vibrates Um, sometimes ending up in string buzz sometimes ending up in intonation issues so it's not like either way is really perfect but the thing is like this is part of the check that you know the setup team does and um a lot of times that ends up with a lot of string changes and then sometimes you can go through a lot of that and end up putting it in a return pile and starting all over it seems like it
2: should be the simplest thing but
3: well the problem is it comes at the end of the setup because i mean the biggest things you know that you're gonna (coughs) do uh, to alleviate that problem, come before it. Like, obviously, it's buzzing. That's why you're dressing the frets and doing all this stuff. Yeah.
2: I, p- I put a new string on, and then I put it up to half tension. Let it sit there for like forty-five minutes. Then I pull up to full tension. It's still buzzing. I will then check the nut slot and try to put that angle going back a little bit sharper. You know, in the nut slot and all that kind of stuff. That's usually where I go next.
1: Even on the opposite side, do you ever just let a string after you? Get it back to full tension, and it still buzzes. Do you let it just sit for like maybe an hour or two? Yep. Yeah. And then try and play it again at full tension, still, and it happens to just go away.
2: Yeah. <laughs> just it by does. letting it stretch longer. Or sometimes I'll crank it up like two steps higher than it's supposed to be, and let it sit there for like thirty minutes. Sometimes yeah. that fixes it too. It's weird. You mean after you come back down yeah. to pitch?
0: So this is good to know because when you have you have your instrument at home, and say it's time for you to change your strings, or you know, you've developed an issue like this, even after the strings have been on there for a while, they can still become imbalanced at some point. So um, you can kinda use this as a way of seeing, like, even a brand new string can have imbalances in it, in any material, and the way to recognize it, once you get up to a full pitch and you're just saying, usually it's indicated when you're getting a lot of f- fret buzzing when playing the string open. Cause then it's gonna have the widest, Um, vibration field, so the amount the space that is going to be covered when it's vibrating is going to be larger and if you don't see it oscillating in just a straight up and down motion until it finally kind of winds down in the center, instead it looks like kind of jerky as it's oscillating up and down like that then you, that's a good indication that it's unbalanced and that's one that you would probably want to replace or
3: Yes. Some companies that um, have that issue often um, will color their strings white so that you can better see the jittery action going down.
1: We call it the warble. Shut the front door. Is that why they do that? Achilles? <laughs> hey.
2: They're the only white string Be out not, there.
3: We're not calling anyone out
2: here. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> the Call Pearls. Yeah. Diodaro Nautics.
4: Those are dirty white. white.
1: <laughs> They're all
2: white. Creamy. Creamy. cream Mm-hmm.
3: So, what, I mean, what, else? like, what about you, Joel? Like, what are you? What's the hardest part of your job, besides har- putting up with us?
0: The <laughs> hardest part for me is because I cover all of the more expensive, the Hawaiian made, the custom made instruments, and it's rare that I have the luxury of being able to go and grab another one because all the ones that we list are picture specific someone buys it that's the specific one that they're going to get so um unlike these production line models where we could go grab one if it doesn't work out we can go grab another one start working on that the one i have is the one that i have since it's one of a kind so when all these different problems come up sometimes if you get something that's going to be more time consuming it just kind of Got to go through it because that instrument has to get finished up. Also, being at a higher price range, you know, there's a lot of extra attention to detail to it because, you know, I would expect, and I'm sure all the customers expect to get as much or that we can provide more than what they think their money's worth is. Like they're going to get something that's awesome. So, the extra work in taking care to make sure that everything could possibly do is done. And that it's going to play great, compensating also for the fact of where it's going to go because though even though they're climate controlled when they're built here, as they go out to different dealers like us, you know it's we keep the humid- humidity relatively. Really, relatively I cannot think relatively <laughs> the same are consistent, but the way you set up the instrument and where it's going to go will have an effect once it settles into that climate. Since we're in Hawaii, if we're sending one to Alaska, or we're sending one to somewhere in Australia where it's, it's really dry, yeah, you know, good. we gotta think about these things and consider the effect that it's gonna have on the wood, the type of wood that's being used. Um, the neck. All those kinds of things, the neck, the neck angle, all of that. So the most challenging aspect for me is trying to figure out when an instrument's just not going to work. Cause it's rare that it is because they are nicer instruments, and there's a lot of care and attention put into them from the builders. But once in a while, there are still ones that, you know, we need to send back or have them take a look at something on. I just
3: I just want to say in that regard because people might think like how how did Andrew take pictures of this uke and list it and miss this stuff that Joel's catching? Because yeah, I mean. Like, you know, it's not a large percentage, but it does happen that you have to contact them. I take pictures with strobe lights, which are very dim until this bright flash goes on them in a dark room. Yeah, in a dark room. I mean, you guys, yeah, I mean, it's not like they're bright as I see them, and if it doesn't show up in pictures or something, and I, I do try to look over a lot of them, and sometimes I'll reject stuff before it. Um, gets put up, but it just you know, it happens sometimes.
1: And you gotta understand that you're just excited to get these new things on the website.
3: <laughs> well, I mean, I'm trying to be efficient too. I mean, it's like one of many things that I need to take care of, so I just kind of like okay, bam, 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 I'm gonna take pictures, and I'm not really like examining them under all of these intense lights like Joel is. And you yeah, know.
4: we even do a video and you see and you hear it, so it's not like you know, yeah,
0: right, and that should lend itself that it something that some people may consider a problem say something it's small that's cosmetic maybe or something that's just a little bit off but not really defective from my perspective i want to make it as good as i can for the customer but also i would hope that from the consumer's perspective realize how many steps and how many hands it goes through where they are quality control checked at the factory while they're being built you know before they go out for sale to the different dealers and It's all been checked off from them. So everything we do is, you know, we make improvements and we fix as many of the things as we can, whether or not it's something that they actually missed or it's just something that was, you know, minor. So for most people, it would be totally acceptable. But for us, we tend to fix a lot of those things. And once in a while, there's something smaller, something that we can't necessarily fix as much as we'd want to. We can't get to some uh, fix a problem of, something on the wood under the finish or you know different things like that we would like to be able to have the neck angle set exactly where we want it but we're not going to remove the neck and shave it down and you know reset the reset the neck joint and all of that but I mean if it's bad enough it's
3: going to go back yeah but if it's it, that bad it would go back but we do have ways of compensating for less than perfection which yeah. you know what is this organic thing and humans building them can be making a great sounding instrument that's just not totally there in terms of setup i mean that is these guys expertise is what they do every day for years now so uh, that's what we bring to the table like joel like i mean you work on primarily high-end mm-hmm. ukes but like what what is the average time that you spend on each instrument
0: it's a it's at least like it's at least 45 minutes to an hour, depending on how much I have to do to it, and then also, you know, we have to get all the accessories and everything together. Double check the order. Um, you know, if they have a lot of people install pickups and strap buttons and things like that, that kind of adds to it. But um, even just, you know, the final cleanup and addressing any blemish issues and everything that takes quite a bit of time. Aside from just the regular setup and any of the extra things, and just adding a little bit of extra scrutiny to scrutiny to it because. Um, you know it's at a higher price range and we also want to do their best work because when the instruments come out of us that's still the impression that the customer is going to get of that brand of instrument so by us doing this we hope that we're also improving the respect and the reputation of the makers of those instruments and see that it feels good for us because we're offering a service that we think is really valuable and a lot of people express how much they appreciate that and at the same time I think it really that's part of the reward (laughs) yeah exactly and it also helps I know it helps the brands that we carry because we also distribute them all over the world to a lot of people and the fact that we keep getting so many more customers and they reorder I think it would be a testament that they're happy with what they got and they're also pleased with the type or the brand of instrument they got because some people buy you know several that are not far off in the exact same brand and close to the same model because they were so happy with that product from the manufacturer as well
3: right because they're building it you know i mean we have this expertise that is this final step i mean we're not taking anything away from the instruments they create it's like we choose them to support them for a reason because we believe in them but still we've come to learn that there's certain little things with this one or that one that just makes them that much better that's what we have to
0: offer we actually care about the product and you kind of get at least I get I know you guys do satisfaction like once you see that you saw the beginning of it and you have the end product you see how much improvement and how oh, much yeah. headway you made with it
2: I wish I wish people could see the difference yeah. like when we get something and the action is as li- at literally oh, like 4.0 at the 12th fret and then we get it down to like a 275 or something, that's like, it's pretty satisfying. <sighs> but that that satisf- satisfaction is short-lived because right after we're done with that, we're on to another uke and it's more problems again. At 4.0 action again. Yeah. Well, not not many of them are at 4.0, but some of them.
0: That's good. It, well, what what the next thing I was going to ask was, RPC. what's something that you would want the, like our customers or people who follow what we're doing on the website or anything to know that you don't think they might necessarily know and it made me think of what Eli was saying earlier about um, how much time we spend on them and why it gets you know why it gets backed up the way it does is because I think some people expect you know like it shouldn't take that long you know I got a really nice one it's not
1: you know you should be able to get it out quickly right but sometimes those take even longer because they're at they're just at a higher caliber so they
3: Put them under it's, the microscope.
2: Uh, there's yeah. tons. There's tons of small things that people probably don't think about, like sharp fret edges and yeah. sharp uh, nut, nut slots and stuff mm-hmm. like that. There's a lot, tons of tiny little, like little things we have to like, you know.
0: Even the uh, the corners. Sometimes we yeah. for there for a while. There's a couple different models. They slightly changed the way they were doing the binding around the edges, and it's it felt sharp edge. when you had your arm on it. It's like a ninety degree angle with. Um, Plastic. One of them was just how the two, you know, laminate pieces met up, but it wasn't rounded or it wasn't softened, the edge at all. And we noticed it and we started.
4: But we got one returned.
0: We did get one returned for it. And the reason people tell us, we couldn't do it on that one because it had a gloss finish over it. So we can't sand it down. But the other ones, you know, people noticed it or they picked it up at a store. They liked the model, but they didn't like that. And they're telling us, you know I want to get this but I noticed like this is really sharp when I put my arm here and everything we address that when we do the setup that's something totally these are things
1: we're always looking for but we still get some customers telling us like hey this was no good and we from then on try to make that constant improvement
2: A couple other things that people probably don't realize we have problems with sometimes tuners a lot of times a tuner will buzz that means we're gonna have to go into our pile of returns find the same model pull a tuner off of that switch tuners and then you know it's it's kind of a process that that as well or if there's if something has a pickup and the cables on the inside are just a mess like it's just cables everywhere yeah we have to touching like
1: touching all kinds of on the sides the backs yeah. the soundboard
3: and you guys talk to the companies about it too for sure and it doesn't really change huh i, no. I think you know they buy in large quantities from these you know uh pickup manufacturers and a lot of times these cables are what are, are
1: they pre-cut for guitar or are they just yeah, crazy yeah, so they it seems even like like an issue you could just harness it shorter it's no but just <laughs> there's make enough cable it to it's reach like,
0: like an extra two feet come on custom it make it, for sure. it.
3: Like, sometimes there sometimes <laughs> these are labeled as ukulele preamp pickups and it's like they still just have an incredible amount of wire yeah blank. it seems
2: like a foot of wire in there or something unnecessary yeah i
3: <laughs> come on people work with us here. (laughs) What about um string slippage? Like somebody's like the string just won't stay in tune. I mean that I mean with geared tuners that's not really something you can like pin on that, right?
1: An I one string stretch (laughs) a lot. (laughs) Yep. Wow. That's all I had to say. (laughs) I wanted to make it clear. (laughs) Right.
3: If you can take away one thing, yeah they do
0: they stretch a lot and a lot of the imports come with akila strings it's not anything against akila the way the formula that it is they stretch a lot they stretch more than any other ones so sometimes when we're setting up like we were talking about before with the strings being unbalanced we're going to change the string out we're going to let it stretch and get to the point where we can see that it's stable to you know the best of our ability but short of holding onto that for a long time and constantly retuning it until that string fully stretches out because some of those strings, they're not going to fully stretch out and settle in for one, sometimes two weeks of a you playing time. it. Yeah. But when a customer gets it, they see it as the string is slipping. It's the something defective with the tuner or something like that. Almost never has there been uh, a geared tuner that's actually slipping and that gear is turning the opposite direction allowing that post to turn because that would mean like that the gear is borderline ready to fall off. It screws in a one direction to tighten, and the gear turns. If it was backed off that much, that has no tension on it, and that string is pulling the post, it means it's unscrewing that gear, and the gear would be
2: falling out. I mean, to me, I think if you're going to play an ukulele, tuning every five to ten minutes if you're playing is pretty much like a fact of life. Like for you, a while, yeah, yeah. I mean, even for professionals, if you play a gig and you're you're playing ukulele, you're going to play a song. You're gonna check your tuning. Oh, your C strings out. You're gonna tune your C string back up. You
3: see these like super monster guitar players like tuning up in between in, in their song. You know, yeah, like they're
0: still
2: like yeah, adjusting. You get a like, yeah, a twelve-minute song.
0: to tune up halfway. And that's through, a steel
2: string. Yeah. That's not a nylon string. Exactly. Like,
1: yeah, any concert I've ever been to, I, almost between every song, I've seen the guitarist tuning checking up. It.
3: Yeah, and don't go checking your intonation while it's still slacking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Come
1: on. These minor adjustments that you're gonna make while you're playing, like, just compound. If you don't play your ukulele for like a week, and then you go pick it up and you're like, "What the heck? This, this is this is way and off. And low. what's going on?
3: It's
0: shrinking. No, <laughs> oh, well, and then so that brings like what you said about intonation. Like, it can. Uh, looking at an ukulele, comparing it to a guitar, you can do that, but. When it comes to when it comes to strings and intonation, think of it as like an exaggerated version of the same issues you would run to run into on a guitar, because the scale is shorter, so the tension is lower, the strings have more flexibility, different uh, formulas of strings. That all plays a huge part in the intonation. So. I, I want to okay.
3: I, I want to talk about intonation. There's some things like I wanted to kind of like put put out there just for educational purposes, for like a broader understanding for people. If you don't mind, I was like, go through this real quick. Um, a stretched string vibrates in whole divisions of its length. So split in two, you have the 12 fret harmonic. In three, you have the seventh fret. In four, you have the fifth fret and there's uh, basically seven harmonic tones in any one note, which is a a pretty cool thing. These harmonic tones naturally in each note make up a seven note scale. It's like the natural harmonic overtones aren't actually totally, truly half steps. They're not all the same, basically, and the whole steps aren't either, and the half steps aren't exactly half of the whole steps.
2: Sounds like a Dr. Seuss book. <laughs>
3: <laughs> like, uh, well, tr- try to, try to, uh, I'll, I'll try to explain this, but, um, there's small differences within the natural harmonic scale of each note from what we actually are playing. And the point is with fretted stringed instruments to have total consonants, which is like, uh, uh, a f- frequency ratio. Um, between strings and harmony, it would have to, it, like an instrument would have to be made for one key. So basically, like an ukulele would have like these broken frets, and like two frets. I mean, sorry, uh, like half the fret, or you know, covering two of the strings would be slightly forward on this, and you know, slightly back on this. And I, I mean, I've imagined it um, uh, to actually get total true. Harmony, you would have to have some sort of uh, and, and play in every key. You would have to have some sort of like device where you, you hit a button to choose which key you wanted to play in, and it would um, you know, move these slightly back and these slightly forward and stuff. And the thing is, though, excuse me, I, I wouldn't really want that, <laughs> everybody would have to be playing at that, but even still, it just doesn't uh, allow for like true. Um, like creativity,
2: I guess. So what you're saying is, perfect intonation is a myth.
3: Well, well yeah, I mean, I, I'm getting to that. Uh, you can be perfectly intonated at the equal <coughs> temperament, which is is what they ended up with. Because I mean, throughout um, history, they went through different types of of temperaments to try to make it to where, you know, you could you could play music and it sound in tune in different keys. But um, what they ended up with is, is what the piano and what the guitar and most of these are, are at, which is um, an equal temperament. And it allows you the freedom to play in all the different keys as you like. And, I mean, the thing is, like, even simple songs, like Hawaiian stuff, like the the fourth will go from major to minor. And then at the end of the song, you'll have it, like, modulate up a step and stuff. Key change. Yeah, yeah, um, exactly. Or, you know, variations within. So in this style, yeah, if you're playing some kind of like Baroque classical or something that stays strictly to, you know, a major or minor key, then you would be okay with that setup. But in modern music and uh, harmonic palette that we like to explore, it's just, this is not practical anyway. So what we have with the ukulele, uh guitar piano and most musical instruments is an equal temperament and the thirds are the biggest problem they can be a little bit sharp this can be a touch flat but let me clarify sorry um like when i say the thirds are, are sharp i'm not talking about uh you know something that you're gonna be able to check i'm talking about the relative Um, Pitch to the natural harmonic overtone of the note, so a perfectly tuned E will still be 14 cents sharp to the E major third harmonic overtone
2: of C. So, uh, do you guys understand that? Uh, Yeah. So, like, I've I've played with a bunch of like guitarists with like three thousand, four thousand dollar guitars, and they'll know. What what frets they're gonna have to go a little bit more sharp or a little bit more flat with? You know, yeah, I mean?
3: and some make small adjustments exactly between songs. I mean, it's getting to a, a pretty picky level, but um, basically, okay. Um, let me just like explain it with, like what I was saying earlier. Like E is the is the major third of the C scale, you know. So you can play an E note, and it will be perfectly an E on the money but relative to the c scale as the third like if you play it as a harmony of thirds uh you know a third harmony it's it's the e will be slightly sharper than your ear wants to hear because the natural harmonic overtone of that c note the e is slightly flatter than what that note's gonna be and i mean these are things that like most of us just don't pick up on and I mean, you know, it's like most of the music that we all love, I mean, pretty much all of it was done with this equal temperament that does sacrifice in in certain areas to be able to have this freedom to play any any key throughout. But um, I, I just say that as an introduction to intonation to point out that we're starting with imperfection, even if everything is done perfectly. Um, I mean, with that said, we can intonate an instrument correctly within this equal temperament. And that's what Luthiers and our setup team is going for. So um, as far as things that can go wrong, as far as fret placement, this is a mathematical equation. And yeah, years ago, Luthiers would measure it out and cut the slots manually. But everyone now is just using templates that cut these slots perfectly. So it's going to be extremely rare for that to be a problem. As far as the distance from the nut to the saddle, well, uh, let me explain this. If the strings were sitting on the 12th fret, it would be exactly halfway. But when you press down on the string, it sharpens the note. So we extend the length from the saddle, or you know the builder does. And this works perfectly, because the higher up you go on the fretboard, the higher the strings are from the fret, and the more it sharpens the note but at the same time the more you shorten the note or shorten the scale as you play higher the more compensation you're getting from the compensated saddle so it's like a a relatively um, more compensation as you go up on your frets and this works out because it's also relatively higher action causing you to press down more and go um, higher in pitch these things are variable it depends on the height of the strings um And it depends... The height of the
2: strings, the strings itself, the the touch of the player, the way you strum, like everything kind of... Size of the frets, yeah. You know, I
3: mean, the same thing can happen uh, at the nut if it's higher than necessary. If it's on plane with the rest of the frets, in other words, if you like fret it at your first fret and uh, notice the height of the second fret, there's barely a difference from the nut to the first. There's a little bit of a difference. But if you stay in line with this, then um, you shouldn't need any compensation from that. But this is one of the ways that we make make these you sound better right off the bat. I mean, most nut slots, you guys know, they're higher than they need to be. And it's not just an issue with playability. I mean, it affects the pitches of the notes played, especially in that first position where most people play. Uh, now, all of the ukes we have are compensated at the saddle. Uh, most of them are straight. So, I mean, when I say compensation, um, don't get confused by thinking only about the ones you see with the individual string compensations that are each compensated slightly different. They're, they're all compensated from about half a millimeter to one millimeter on ukes. But the degree that the string sharpens depends on both its height its gauge and its material so coming back to what we were talking about earlier strings definitely play a factor in this as well as like the buzzing we were talking about but assuming all calculations are correct you know the frets are in the right place nuts at the right height saddles compensated for the strings and action correctly what what can go wrong from here it's what we were talking about earlier which is variations in the string along in its its length, and fluorocarbon strings have their issues, nylon strings have their issues, and um, basically all these things affect how the string vibrates. That affects both intonation and buzzing, so that along with, uh, you know, especially notable is your technique. That's gonna be like over 99% of the problems with intonation. You know, some people are gonna be more sensitive to this, like, with everything set perfectly, some people actually struggle to enjoy instruments at all that are equal tempered. Some people, I kind of like think like if you blindfolded them and they were like the biggest Jake Shimabukura fan or whatever, you put his yuke in their hands, they, they'd still manage to find, find some like kind of issues issue. <laughs> with it. And I mean, with that said, I realize that this is a real issue and we do address it in setup, but you got to understand there's. Many factors here. Um, It's a short scale. It's a nylon stringed instrument. It is in this equal temperament I was talking about. But, you know, ultimately, if you play it right, it'll sound good. I mean, we hear it all the time. You hear it. And uh, most of it is just technique beyond, you know, getting this set up. And that's a lot of the challenge. I mean, it's part of the fun, maybe. It's part of the talent of this instrument. And um, we, along with the different builders that we carry we take you as far as we can actually it's like from there it's up to you and you know there are variables that happen after the fact that can affect that but anyways that was my spiel about intonation wanted to kind of like give a whole scope hopefully i think it needed didn't to be just addressed. confused
1: <laughs> intonation is one of the things we get most emails about is
4: most nah yeah well i just want to say that as much as as long as i've been playing music the, that word intonation didn't come up until after i already made a album <laughs> you know what i mean and tuning i tune up my instrument but like i, n- I never ever checked what the e was at open and then what it was at the 12th fret until i came here you know working with here and then that's and it's just part of the routine that you do to, to make sure it's a, as awesome as it can be but from a player side you know sometimes people don't even think about it and they, if it sounds good holding a g c and a d yeah, you got what you, i'm saying I mean, you, if, you feel that if I mean, there's not a problem it, yeah. don't look for one. if you concentrate on something you'll be able to find something because these are these are the nature of the instrument i mean like it it is imperfect like that's what exactly what you're explaining is how minor it is like
3: you know like horns don't play perfectly (laughs) and i mean even like the the best and same with vocals too i mean there's there's variations that happen within music that are still pleasing to our ear i mean come on guys
2: yeah i've I've been playing music like kind of professionally for, for over 10 years now i don't think i've ever heard one musician ever complain about intonation on an instrument itself. Like, I don't think I've ever heard any conversations, like, I don't You're know. Like, like stop the set, guys. Pick? Yeah, like. You, you need to read. Actually, the only, the only time I remember there being intonation problems was when Corey was recording his album with a baritone tuned out to a tenor. Like, that's the only thing I can think of off the top of my oh, head. That's
4: right, yeah, he, he, he
3: played the GCEA. Any time you take an instrument out of what it was built for, you might have to work through the problems. Like, t- even <coughs> let say you get a tenor, you find that it sounds better tuned down a step or something. Well, you could have issues with this or with um, certain dominant frequencies coming out more or whatever. I mean, you got to understand it wasn't built with those specs in mind.
4: Issues, misuse. Uh, yeah, Jimi Hendrix said uh, right before, out uh, in Woodstock. Tuning is for cowboys. <laughs> then he then he proceeded to play out of tune. I That's, forget what song it was. There's, a, there's a beauty
2: to being out of tune kind of sometimes. No, you there, know? honestly,
1: there if is. If you yeah. can make
2: that sound good. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so and it's 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 the
2: feeling behind skills. it. I mean, <laughs> look, I, if you... I if, mean, yeah, me, me, music, playing music isn't... Meant to be sitting down at a bench with a strobe tuner and checking every fret. <laughs> hey, like, for that's, some it is. That's not, I, I guess, but it's way more fun to me to just and try to enjoy your, your instrument. You know, like have fun. I mean, the way that I music. take it
3: is like partially. I'm sure there are a certain percentage of these people that have this rare gift, and uh, it's like you know this two sided thing. Like it tortures them. I don't. I don't know how much they're trying to just like brag about their ear or something. But there are people who are like, oh, that's four cents flat or
2: something. I'm yeah, it's kidding. like those. It's like when people, when a musician shows up to a sound check and they're like, mm, can I get a little bit more 4K in my monitor, please? It's like <laughs> it doesn't really make a difference. You're just, yeah. You uh, I might say that I've played with frequencies. <laughs> I don't know if
3: I would give that. I would I w- say I would maybe the higher frequencies.
2: You. <laughs> well, you know, when you're a band playing a half-hour set okay, and it's up like, on the highs. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Joe, <laughs> that's 3K. I don't know.
0: What I wanted to say before was, now that it's... Did I, did I cut you off? I was like three like <laughs> minutes just ago. Like super long, I had man. something I was going to say that half hour ago, but I'll say it now. Oh.
1: <laughs> I, I started up. to say it now. I'll Shut it. up now. So,
0: what I'm saying Sorry. was, when we talk to customers, sometimes they'll have a problem, they'll have a question. Sometimes it's someone who's never played before is the first one they had, or something. Or, it's there's people who... they're they're in deep, you know, and they they know a decent amount and um, they're having some sort of issue or there's a complaint or something that's bothering them. And without making this sound confrontational or anything at all, sometimes people won't take our explanation of what the problem might be or what the solution is, even not knowing anything themselves, not in like insulting way but like this is their first instrument they openly say i don't know anything about ukulele but having them say "Well, i think you're wrong this is what the problem is it's not simple this is obviously defective or something like that we're not trying to stick you with something because we want to keep your money and you keep that instrument it's we're trying to help you and in regards to someone who like with the intonation problem that they are hearing this one thing it's a little bit off it bothers them because they have a really attuned ear it wouldn't be a problem for 99% of other people but for them it is that isn't considered defective but we are sympathetic to the fact that you are more sensitive to that than everyone else so we will still try and help you but there has to be a a little bit of give to realize everything that went in and how many people went into building the instrument to the final product And that's what you have now, and the issue that you might be having isn't really that big in comparison to everything else and all of the good. So in regards to intonation, like what he was saying, trying to find, what we try and do is get it to where it's as balanced as can be so that you can play in most keys with good intonation, but stringed instruments are, by design, are not gonna be 100% perfect unless you straight up made that thing to only play in this key you picked the you have it totally based the setup based around the strings that you're going to use because all those other variables change it so when you're changing strings you're going to an alternate tuning you want to tune your baritone like a tenor you want to tune your soprano like a bass guitar <laughs> someone asked that one time or you know f- making these kind of Frankenstein string sets that are for other sets or different scale lengths all these things are potentially creating problems a lot of people it's not an issue they just want to play and this tuning it sounds good to them and everything but if you're dead set on wanting it 100% perfect you need to kind of realize it's not going to be 100% perfect <laughs> My and dad that used doesn't mean say, that it's wrong to
3: learn to play violin it's like not a really good yeah, response but <laughs>
2: like- I mean unless you have an electronic piano it's not going to it's not going to be perfect you know like unless you have some kind of digital instrument
3: i mean that's even that's still the same deal though they 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 have to model that after the same equal temperament the same i mean that's how modern music is made if you, you know, had deal a perfect with it. instrument i'm just saying else. like you can yeah. be so wrapped up in you know locked into like hearing if if every does everything sound perfect does it you know i mean like no uh, essentially if you if you want to like hear it hard enough you're going to hear dissonances yeah. and um
2: especially with an ukulele that you has know, a lot like, of overtones. Like
3: Joel said it really well. It's like we're we're going to afford you that, uh, you know, sympathy that not everybody's the same. It's okay if it's not working for you. We'll get it back. I mean, I was going back and forth recently with someone that was like just having a problem at this certain fret, certain string, and I was I sent him another string or had you guys sent him another string and still happening and he was telling me you know why it was happening is because there's uh, you know something wrong with the frets and da 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 uh, anyways I mean it's okay it's like we'll get it back and we'll assess it if we play it sometimes we get stuff back from people and we don't experience the problems they were having with it it's like well we might have to say every great once in a while like let's just like refund you because like this is this is kind of like how these instruments yeah this is the best, best, min, yeah, this, is the best this model's going to get you know like unfortunately we'd love to have your business and just send you another you And I'd like to get it back and say oh this guy is right and find the solution and make it right sometimes like we would just have I mean we're not going to try to stick you with it but it's 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 usually not a problem at least <laughs>
1: Yeah, and I don't know if you want to put this in the podcast but Uh-oh. like
3: we're doing the podcast <laughs>
1: this is what you edit i'm <laughs> trying edit? not to
3: <laughs> um,
1: we well anyway like like you were saying like we're sympathetic to each try to be as sympathetic as we can to each player right. uh like just today i had a cuss i had an order form and in the special instruction someone said i'm a bit of a heavier player like kinda of heavy strumming mm-hmm. uh, like lower action isn't as
3: uh, important. That that's great to see though, right so, to know.
1: No yeah, that's great to know. Like it really helps in how much we're going mm-hmm. how much attention we put into the setup well, not attention, but the action how we adjust the action exactly, and the yeah. setup. So if someone's like a real light finger player. I mean like, it didn't it let actually help
3: because like we get them. We take them out of the box, and it's like if we play really lightly with high action, we don't get buzzed. You play yeah. really heavy with high action, you can still get buzzed. So yeah. It's like uh, inevitably so it you're most likely gonna like still have to dress the frets and get it all right. But Almost you, always. <laughs> but you don't have to worry as much as like, oh, are they gonna like? I mean, some people like it really. I mean, you know, it's great to have those notes. Like, I have arthritis, or uh, yeah, but. Just as long as they're factoring in, okay, it's, it's all like you, you'll make it buzz at some point. Everybody will. Yeah. So, so it's if like, there's
1: anything I wanted to say to our customers, like it genuinely helps us to know how you play. Yeah. So if you want to put that in our, your special instructions for any order, anything you order from us, that it helps. it's appreciated. Yeah. I, mean, I was, I was helps. thinking
3: that too, especially those like really long stories about, you know, how they started um, life and all that.
1: Yeah, like it. Like it's, I don't know Sometimes it is humorous to read these really long special instructions, but nah, it, it's, it honestly it's helps to just us to get understand down to like what the kind of player line. you are. And the sometimes of at the playing.
3: end of those, it's like, and I'm not. I'm just not sure like how I want it set. So just set it however you would set it.
2: <laughs> <Like> Eighteen paragraphs <laughs> yeah. later. If,
0: if if you see if you hear that and you think, oh, how do I play? Then you probably don't need to put anything in there. Because unless you specifically know, yeah, you know, you're killing it, you're laying into it.
3: Otherwise we'll set it at the nice medium. Yeah. I mean... You can have dynamics and there's still... There's the
1: average uh, that we try to hit for all of our customers. Unless yeah. they and specify... Like you guys are
3: playing each note as you're done and stuff and it's like you're trying to get it in this realm of like ultra comfortable and still um, has some d- dynamic range. But having that feedback is great to know that somebody's going to play heavy or somebody doesn't play heavy and just, you know, wants to make sure that they've just got this ultra light action they can play for hours. I find with like some of the like high end builders, they'll set it like super low, which is going to be like epic for some people. But um, like we kind of need that feedback sometimes. Because like they'll definitely buzz. If they're at two millimeters, there's no way in physics it's not gonna buzz if you're gonna play in a heavy fashion.
0: I mean, I even the most expensive ones we've ever carried, if you play it a certain way, it will buzz. I guarantee I can f- make that's what every you buzz at some point. But that's not how you, most people would normally play. It's not how I play either. Even the way that we test them out, the way I'll strum or the way I'll pick the notes and everything testing them out is not how I play at home. I it's usually a little heavier. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I play heavier though even the way I pick isn't necessarily the way I would pick because I
3: just give it to, Joel, uh, to Zach. Sorry.
2: Zach is my <laughs> buzz tester. Yeah, right? Sure. He yeah. can make
0: us
3: He's got
2: the heaviest thumb in the biz. Of
0: <laughs> course, I play heavy. <laughs> He's hardcore. The thing too, being, it though, that like heavy. looking at the way that you're <laughs> looking at the way that you're playing. If you're getting buzzing problems, and we've kind of been through the troubleshooting, like you know, maybe it's not the string, the action heights, right? You know, nothing got messed up with the neck from you know the climate. You're using the humidifier and everything. Look at how you're playing too, because with different <laughs> strings, different tensions, different songs, different tunings you know it's just where you strum is, on the instrument like yeah. there's so many yeah. factors like, do you
2: use your thumb or do you use your fingernails like you know or do you
0: use a my mic? guitar buzzes because sometimes i mess up on a note sometimes some of those notes are a little bit closer to the to the frets some frets are buzzier than others because because of how i have it set up and because of how right. i play but i'm okay with that i understand not everyone would be there's a lot of pro players you hear them play The guitars are buzzing or their hooks are buzzing like it's you Whenever. could get
3: you could set it up to where it wouldn't, but you just don't care all that much. Huh?
2: Like any,
0: well, t- no, I mean I have set up my guitar how I want it.
3: Oh right, right, right. But okay. I don't mind it once in a while. Right, right, right. If I want
0: to just hit a note really hard that I normally uh-huh. wouldn't, uh, I don't care. But you're not willing Should to live with
3: it. like ultra high action to deal with that occasional like it's, it's burst like, of like it's even stream temperament. You,
0: you, I have it set yeah. up how it's going to play well for me most of the time, and if I get something like that once in a while when I do something different than I usually would, it's it's okay. I don't need it to cover everything at, for the sake of playability and comfort and sounding how I want most of the you're, time.
4: You're a pretty light player.
2: Like uh, whenever Corey brings us a guitar and then I play it, I'm like, whoa, like it's buzz city it's, it's everywhere. It's so low. He His technique is so precise that he can play that guitar and it doesn't buzz, but for any average person. And it still does when he plays yeah. sometimes. But it's so beautiful that it doesn't matter. You know what a, a good ex- Okay. Beautiful. Like, l- let
3: me just say, like, <sighs> so, sometimes beautiful. I am working on the frets on these, like, nicer ukes that I'm taking videos of because they'll come from a higher end builder And I love the instrument, but it's just, it just needs that final fret dress or change of strings or it's not there. I mean, it's like buzzing really easily. And it's like people like put these builders like up on this pedestal, like they can do no wrong. But I mean, they're human. Sorry. Like sometimes like I have to even adjust it to get a sound sample out of it. And beyond that, most of the times I don't adjust and they're not optimal. Like the nut height even is like way too high and that might like make some slightly out tones while like Kalei or Corey is, is even playing it with their awesome technique but I'm just like, you know, whatever I don't have time to adjust all of these, you know, beforehand but sometimes it's like just totally necessary like you can't even like play in the first position without getting buzz in a, in a light fashion and then Sometimes you will hear buzz on the videos because I I didn't do those just because, like, they chose to play in in a slightly more dynamic way. I mean, like, you'll even hear it on albums sometimes where, like, you know, they take that moment to dig in and you can, if you tune into it, you can hear a a little bit of a a fret buzz and stuff. Uh, I mean, it's something that is inevitable at some point and most of the ones like we just we have we have a grimes right now it's like up on the site right now for fifty four hundred dollars i can hear two points in that video where clay makes a buzz and the bottom line is it's like i think i measured it at 1.9 millimeters at the 12 i mean like the curvature and the set of the neck is like perfect i mean he just chose like something a little bit more dynamic at that point in that fret to where it's like yeah there's a threshold you know no matter how absolutely perfect but the thing is it's it's i would think it's tough for you guys like you might need some communication because there's like you know the uh you know our our female customers that are like you know getting older in age and or or not or what uh, maybe even guys like some people like lower action they play softer they're playing in their room at night there's just like with their technique, you know, maybe they're playing thumb like right over the tongue of the fingerboard, right where you get that sweet tone and you can play in a way that and they could play for a much longer at at that um height and and still be comfortable with everything, you know, so it's like it's tough to like figure like, oh, should I raise it and like make room for more dynamics or should I leave it how it is and maybe like make it, you know, perfect for it, it may it maybe at that price point you leave it I, I don't know I mean like these are like at this luthier I, I, I totally that like communication respect, is helpful you know
2: I mean and the higher you have the action the better the instrument's going to sound too you know you actually get well better to tone. a certain point right? yeah yeah to a certain point but yeah.
1: until you start hindering the intonation
2: <laughs> yeah. right yeah
0: every change we make affects something else to some degree so it is literally a balancing act
4: between all the
0: different variables I mean it doesn't hurt to like learn a little bit more about How different things affect other things. And when we do our setup, we're aiming for that middle ground that tends to please almost everybody. But if you feel like you need a little bit lower, and it's, you know, you can even make some small adjustments at home that aren't that big a deal if you didn't do it exactly right you know like I'm not saying out. anyone just think go crazy but if you want advice and you want say you where just want to lower go, the action a where would they little go bit. for that
3: um, i mean like our videos on your setup you
0: can watch the setup video you know you can if it's something you just got from us and you're happy with it but you just want a little bit different you know call us up we can tell you how to tweak it pretty easily a lot of people um you know they ask about how to adjust the neck angle on their ponos when they switch to different strings and the tension will affect the amount of ruby for the neck, or mm. they want the action a little bit lower, or maybe it's they play harder and they mm. didn't think about it, so then they want to raise it a little bit. There's things you can do, and you just kind of need to be more comfortable with at least getting Trying. the fundamentals of, yeah, yeah, you know, like definitely everyone needs to learn how to string their instrument. Like, it helps. You don't got to pay someone in a shop to do it. If a string breaks, Speaking you have a of a backup Jimmy, set,
3: huh? Hendrix? He Fun did problem. his own mods. Yeah, I mean, yeah, 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 you know, I mean, the thing I I love customers that like try to resolve a problem because it's like most of the time they actually do along mm-hmm. with our help. You know, it's what? great versus the one that's just like automatically like sending writing it, back. it off. Yeah, yeah. Like, one well, person
0: did send it back because they said the tuners were slipping. They didn't ask or anything; they just sent it back with a yeah, note. Yeah. And all it was, the string needed to be stretched. I stretched it out manually, and in a minute yeah. and a half, it was fine. But that was it's a kind return. of sad because. I mean,
3: a lot of times those customers would have really liked that instrument, and they just kind of like, it's uh, defective. But yeah. it's like, no, it's not.
1: And then on the opposite <laughs> end, I had a customer that genuinely did have a bad tuner, and they were just as fine with me sending them a replacement tuner mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. either changing it out themselves. It takes a screwdriver. Or, you, yeah. It t- <laughs> you do it have takes to have a, a moderate knowledge of how to use a <laughs> screwdriver. to... To change out your team. Yeah,
3: I mean, you know, it's like maybe what sometimes there's things that we should have caught that we didn't. For sure. But, you know.
1: We are human,
0: too. Yeah. I mean, we are fixing problems that were missed by other humans (laughs) because they are human. Yeah. And wood is a natural material that reacts and changes.
4: Yeah. Kind of like... uh, you guys are kind of like mechanics but like you you're not afraid to say what you did you know because sometimes when you get charged for a mechanic you just says things on a paper and then you pay the money but you know we're here to actually help we're, we're try we try to be the one consistent with all the brands that come along they're gonna have their inconsistencies right off the bat no matter what brand it's, it's gonna have an inconsistency we're gonna try and find it and you can make and make it better that's what you try and do but like there's no there's no shame in hiding what what you do and what we're doing and which makes us you know what makes that aspect of the job that much more rewarding too is because it's not like we're trying to like be secretive and be like well we know the tricks of the trade you know it's just like here it is like we want you to know it too because yeah you know, it makes everything better
0: it makes yeah if other people nah, anybody can learn
3: anything nowadays yeah i mean they it's they not really whole setup it's set not, long 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 long. not even yeah but knowledge. they can't
4: learn it from a company like no. sam ash or, well, or, or, or uh, guitar uh, center uh, if, it if they want to know you
3: know it's like more it's like half of our workforce is like working on this stuff and we still can't keep up there's a reason why other stores aren't doing it and it's not because of knowledge it's <laughs> it's because it's too much like time. No, but we have
4: videos showing things. We have exactly as anyway, yeah. what I'm saying is that and the, even the companies well,
3: that I think there's a certain amount of expertise. I don't want to take away from you, you, you know, what talent you guys have because no, I, I, I truly <laughs> know that you, all three of you guys definitely are um, able to do what you do like nobody else I've met so far. Or else I would have hired them.
0: I mean, part of it is just due to the sheer volume. <laughs> if we could get of a bigger
1: crew. The setup.
3: I would take on another setup guy one if they behind. like. we up to par, like right now. But you know, it's hard to find this, and it's like these guys are going to have to like take their time out to try to train somebody that might or not, might or might not work. I mean, we've done it before for yeah. short times. I mean, I want us to stay more caught up and we want to be more caught up. We don't want to have people waiting for a couple of weeks, less than
1: a week behind. Yeah. Yeah.
3: We're going to, we're going to try to get there. We're shooting for that. Yeah. But you know what, if we can't make it work without doing it right, the way that we're talking about and stuff, we're just gonna be behind and we'll just make less sales, you know, it's like, whatever. (laughs) It's like, it is what it like, this is our goal. This is what we offer. If like you have to cancel your order because you can't wait, it's fine. You know, it's like this is what we do. Sorry.
1: Yeah. Is it worth it to say like we're not this massive company? We're all, like a ten-person team. Yeah. Sometimes people think we're
0: pretty a lot bigger than we are, but there's oh, we're big. <laughs> there's seven of us in the team right now. Our name is big. Yeah. We're huge. Four guys that work down at the storefront. We
1: got three people setting up thousands of ukuleles. Like, well,
3: yeah. I mean, it depends. I mean, like the ukulele companies tell me that we're like an integral part of their business because a lot of the other stores are carrying every knickknack in the world and music. You know, and we offer it them honest feedback. Yeah, I mean, we're we're not we're not some huge corporate thing. I mean. You know, I actually own this company, and it's not like I ever, you know, went to business school and like you know all that What's jazz. That? <laughs> Whatever, man. You know, I mean, like our background from me and like all of you guys is either in playing music or um, in music, you know, luthery, whether it's building or setup work. I mean, that's where we're coming from. Okay. You know, we're not like trying to take over the world. We know there's a bottleneck here with this setup that we're doing this podcast focused on, this is what it is. You know, it's like we could potentially do more, but this is what we're doing because we want to do it right. You know, we want to offer these affordable, you know, which is relative. We're not even starting under a hundred at this point, but semi affordable ukes to you that play more like. I want to Higher see if end, you want something
1: under hundred dollars. Yeah, I mean, it makes a huge difference, you know. We sell things under hundred dollars. Well,
0: only yeah, if a that's few true, we do. Yeah. Well,
3: so we mean, got like three. We're not solving <laughs> world hunger here, but this is our little way of just doing the best we can. If you want a twenty dollars with our, we'll our lives? Me to the <laughs> Make the world better, shot. you know. Anyways, you know.
0: We all work really hard. We love you guys. Believe us. <laughs> We're not just messing around. Yeah, we got internet. Hmm? We don't live in grass huts, and we're not just waiting to go surfing every day. I I, I barely see daylight, about? honestly. I me and Joel are like vitamin,
2: vampires.
0: Me, me and Eli's our vitamin D levels need to be supplemented <laughs> for real, because otherwise I would be experiencing seasonal effectiveness disorder because we're inside working on
1: these
2: ukuleles. So it's not we're working very hard
1: a lot.
0: Not
2: the, just
1: the... From the amount of sun I get, you guys need to get in the sun more.
2: What? Chris actually surfs. He is a surfer dude. <laughs>
1: Me
0: and Chris used to surf together.
2: Yeah. Bad. Oh,
1: can we tell that story? Until I detroit, destroyed what, what destroyed his face, oh, or oh, almost the, killed him. Yeah, the surfing stuff. That's not what stopped him from surfing though.
3: <laughs> what did 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 your skeg just like scrape the heck out of? We don't
1: actually know. The only thing we know for sure is that the, did you nose know the of doctor my figured board, it out. I thought he said it was the. Fin or the leash could have caused some kind
0: of. Wait, burning. what
2: happened? I can clear this. Cut him in the neck. All
0: right, guys.
1: Well, the initial. Shh.
0: Joel's going Okay. Joel's we were it. surfing. <laughs> I was. We're, we're all at a spot on the north shore, and what Chris had been doing for a couple days was this thing where you stand on your board and, and you it's cut floating under view. No. No. you. No, standing on your board. You're not going anywhere. You're just waiting out there for a wave, or you're in the channel, and you're standing on it. And because. If you have a short board, usually it's not going to fully float you standing up. So it floats a couple feet under the surface, and you're just kind of standing on it. Right. And then you lean back, and then the board will shoot out of the water. The leech will catch it, and it'll Mm -hmm. jerk back. So he had been doing that. Wow. (laughs) And it's it's a little dangerous. That's a kook move. On this day, I think he had a brand (laughs) new board. Total kook. (laughs) (laughs) DeMarco's
1: boards. Probably
0: a DeMarco. And I had pulled into... A little, a little barrel <laughs> on the little east bowl at V Land. Got so pitted. Got so pitted. I
1: was cheering him
0: on. That's, that's why okay. I was standing so here's the thing. on my boy. Chris is in the channel. So the way the this break is, <laughs> that little inside wave is moving, and it, the channel where everyone paddles out at kind of goes past it as the wave comes in at an angle. And it was, it was not bad. So he had his arms up. He went, yeah, Joel. <laughs> and that's Joel. the last thing I heard. And I passed him, and then all of a sudden, in the channel. In, I was in the channel. He's in the channel. The wave's passing. But you
3: were standing on your board in the channel? I was paddling out. I just caught a Oh, wave. yeah.
0: Okay, so you're paddling out. Okay, that's right. And then he had jumped on his board floating. You jumped it. on your board in the
1: channel? I just stood up on my board. I threw my hands up. I was cheering him on because he oh, had an epic wave. hold on. Hold on. I got it. <laughs> I got it. I'm building a cadence. Okay, sorry. <laughs> sorry. So he jumps on his board,
0: arms up. I pass him.
1: Ben, I swear he passed
0: me. I did pass you. <laughs> But underwater. I passed him. All of a sudden, I black out because something hit me in the face and I can't see anymore. Roll off the board. I tumble around underwater. I come up. A leash is wrapped around my neck. I can't see out of my right eye. I can taste blood in my mouth. And I get up. I get my bearings. I see Chris paddle up to me and he's just like,
1: oh, Joel, we got to (laughs) go. No, no, no. I was... Oh no! You said I'm so sorry. I was super apologetic, and you were like, "Just get Isaac.
0: We gotta go. We just, just get him. We gotta." Because what I thought happened was he has arms up, and he hit me. So I thought he punched me, but then it didn't really make sense. Oh, you guys were that close. He passed over the shoulder of the wave as I passed through. He leaned back. His board kicked out. The board went through the wave. The nose of the board hit me right in the face. In the little pocket, his nose of his board hit my nose of your face and snapped the first like four or five it inches it broke my board it broke his board against my face wow. so it split
4: along the side really of my nose that on
0: your face. because i got a plastic surgeon shut up Hold wow. on. so split down under my nostril and then the other way it broke all the blood vessels in my eye so i was bleeding in my eye and then his fin because it wasn't doctor later said we thought maybe it was from the leash but like a
1: leash burn maybe
0: it but it wasn't drug like it wasn't a tear he said the, it was like then a it clean was the cut. tail of the no he said it was like a clean that cut, so it was the it was the skeg because it cut he said it looked like a razor blade cut right over my carotid he said it was about like half a centimeter from me bleeding out in the water wow, <laughs> wow. I, almost but, I almost
1: killed you he almost
0: killed me how mm-hmm.
1: old were you Sixteen. Really? Yeah. You guys were working for Mike at this time.
0: No, I was just, just I, w- I was doing maintenance. maintenance at Macau Village Condo Complex. And
3: so, when you were working for Mike and he wanted to bring on uh, Chris at some point, you weren't just like f that guy.
0: Yeah, I know Chris. until so I was fourteen. If there's, I if there I were more there were more 14. reasons we shouldn't oh, be oh, friends. okay, But
3: then, you, but you, you tried to get your so revenge, wait, wait, wait. didn't so, you? So what what happened? You went so
0: to the hospital. you paddle in, walked it's across the street to Noah's house and I hosed my off. face off and they were Noah, my brother? Yeah, that your brother old. when he lived by Velen
3: Oh yeah, yeah, that's right
0: So I walked across and I was hosing it off and then some of our friends pulled up and I was asking them for a butterfly bandage and they said that wasn't going to do it and I didn't want to go to the hospital and then I so I stuck out. a baby bib on my face and soaked up the blood we ended up driving past like two hospitals Kahuku? Pa- past past Kahuku, Kahuku Went to my house in Kaava Drove from Kaava Went to Castle.
3: Mm-hmm. Castle. And hey, you, you checked in at Castle?
0: Yeah. So then they uh, they didn't have a general I'd surgeon there I'd to Castle <laughs> Kahuku too. I yeah. went to Kahuku from
3: Pipeline and in, it was weird. They
1: called in a plastic surgeon. They didn't have any surgeon there. The nearest so guy was a plastic today. surgeon,
0: yeah. so he had better stitches. Otherwise, it would be a lot bigger of a scar. So the one down here I think was... Twenty underneath, twenty on top. This was wow. like thirty stitches. Thirty
1: on your face, right next. To you? Dude, he did a good in like, job. In like an inch and a half. Like yeah, mind you. it
0: splits <laughs> like an upside down Y. So it comes down and then it splits at the bottom. Two. I didn't
3: know you, so I'm, I'm assuming you were like ultra inch. ugly before that. And oh, then we then have this a picture. Like picture. Magically, like um, fixed we'll you up. You. So you Don't should you thank brother Chris here <laughs> for doing you the favor. I was always getting handsome, that man. awesome plastic surgery.
1: <laughs>
3: no but how long I mean how long did you just want to kill
0: him
1: mm, he got revenge He was medicated after. for a couple of days yeah
0: but I you're like it's okay man <laughs> it's, cool. it's cool I was gonna cool. always it, forget was, about the once revenge. I found out it was an accident I was gonna let it go until all of um, his family was more egging me on to be more upset about it than anything. His family? Yeah, Joe and Isaac and Steve. Good. They were my all brother
1: kind of had a graduation party for nursing. Nice uh, tight family. Yeah, it was pretty, it was pretty tight.
0: <laughs> and Joe was like, "Dude, I would just kick the crap I'm out sure of it was <laughs> Isaac." But uh, I still have nerve damage in my face. If yeah. I touch my nose, I can feel it in my eye. If I touch my oh, temple, no. I can feel it on the inside corner behind my I have this eye. this
3: feeling. Maybe that's like with your like special powers. <laughs> it's definitely... It's like
2: Spider-Man. No, man.
3: It's, it's hard to wish the past different because you just don't know how things would unravel don't. if things didn't happen the way they did. Three weeks Unless you totally hate the like way they are now, and... then you have to kind of like be like,
1: well... Was that the...
4: the
3: I, mean, I, I mean, you got to...
4: You got to get your revenge,
0: though.
3: You got a nice wife. I mean, without the plastic surgery, exactly. Okay.
1: (laughs) You know what? Share that revenge.
3: I always took the left at V Land. Even though it's tough to get back. I'm just saying, if you'd have taken the left, (laughs) mm, take the left, man. We don't need the channel. Jeez. closes out on you. You need that. I know. You power back through while you get beat on the. Oh, I'm not Reef worried for about while. fighting my
0: way back out, man. I'm just saying it's not as good when you go left.
3: All right. Well, what are we looking at for time? Are we just, like, rambling?
1: Oh, we're like, how yeah, oh, we're, we're good. Happen. We're good. I believe we've handled everything in the setup department.
3: Oh, not even. Well. We could have <laughs> talked for way longer about this, but, you know, we if we're going to do this every week, then, like, we could do this every <laughs> few months with you guys.
0: Basically, we want you to know we work really hard, not just to cut. No, we do. Because we care, <laughs> Be- shut up! Shut up! We work hard because we care. It's wow, better for damn. us in the I long run. I can tell because you're so
3: grumpy all the time.
0: I'm sick, man. I'm super <laughs> sick. <laughs> no, honestly, yeah. like,
3: well, thanks for um hosting. Well, we- you, you know, Joel tried to get me to like do this, but it's like he's he runs this department. If we're gonna do a podcast on setup, I'm thank you for you know kind of uh, at least heading it, even if sure. I interrupted you at most every juncture. <laughs>
1: Given. Oh. No, like what we didn't get man. to address that much was the reward. And it's the emails and calls we get from our customers yeah. saying that our what we did to their ukulele was
0: Yeah. Amazing. That like, is one thing I wanted to say. We do get a lot of emails. People don't you. have anything else really that they needed to say, but no. they will send an email just specifically to say thank you. It's awesome. We appreciate the work you put into and it.
1: And that it plays like butter.
3: And sometimes they say I never send emails when I buy products, but yeah.
0: exactly, yeah. But seriously, like I never, I never I really don't. email people. Yeah. I mean, unless even when it's bad, I guess I don't. But I, I we appreciate it because we do yeah. read it and we do let like we provide the, worked on
1: it. We provide that setup card so that you can email us if you have an issue. But a lot of people use it to just tell us how grateful they are, and that is awesome like, well, like i appreciate most, it so with much with
3: most like businesses selling products like they they primarily get the emails when there's a problem because that's when you need to email somebody you know like we primarily get emails saying thank you yeah which is mad cool thank you guys for you know everybody that does that or even if you don't if you buy through us and you love it then and you don't we send love
1: you. A bad email <laughs> we love you thank you <laughs> it's,
3: it's rare in in comparison I mean we're sending out about 30 ukes every work day and uh, every day there's a few things for us to like you know try to make right we try our best
0: exactly we're gonna wrap it up right there alright I'm gonna go home and get into bed
3: this uh, wait, episode I, wait, wait, has been brought say? to you by the ukulele site. The ukulele site, the first place to go for quality ukuleles and service all around
1: the world.
4: How is it, Doozy?